Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, number 243. We are in college football week nine, NFL week eight. The show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can go over to tunicatravel.com and check out all of their wonderful sports books. There's six of them down there. We've been to all of them. They are fantastic. To get this thing rolling, first off, I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. On today's show, we're going to recap NFL Week 7. We're going to give you our NFL Top 5, Bottom 5. We're going to give you the College Football Week 9 preview, preview of the biggest or at least most interesting games. We're going to give you our NFL, uh, our, sorry, our college football gambling picks, our NFL Week 8 preview, and our NFL Week 8 gambling picks. whole lot to discuss today, right? That's going to be a good one. All right. We're going to quit wasting time. Let's jump into it. This is the NFL Recap Week 7. Gary, the Chargers went to London, took down our <laughs> Titans. What uh, did you yeah. think? Of Mike Vrabel going for the two. Well, first off, I had the Chargers minus seven, and I am in utter shock that the Titans actually made a game out of it. Uh, offense moved the ball well. Offense did move the ball well. I, I think. Um, look, I think I would have gone for the extra point because you, you're guaranteed with Ryan Suckup, right? Like he is an incredible kicker, very accurate. You're guaranteed to go into overtime. At that point in the ball game, your defense is playing better. Your offense is actually moving the football. I think I take my chances in overtime. So I, 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 I mean, I do understand the other side. You, but, once they got the, once they got the uh, the the holding call or whatever the penalty, the defensive penalty that moved them up to the one. I'm okay if you go for it. But, but don't you, throw the football. But you have to run the football with Marcus Mariota. Here's my problem. A 41-year-old man who's one of the bottom five least athletic quarterbacks in the NFL dominates these one-yard quarterback sneaks. How the hell do these really young, really athletic quarterbacks not know how to get that one yard? And none of them jump for it either. He, he doesn't ever jump. He puts his head between the butt cheeks of the guard in the center, always on the left-hand side. You yep. even know which side he's going to, and he still can find a way to get enough push to get that one yard. I, I don't and understand. It's, it's how not just—it's not just Tom. But, but the fact that a forty-one-year-old man who's less—literally, Eli Manning might be the only quarterback that has least athletic ability than him. I agreed. Okay, agreed. But uh, but what I'm saying—that's like, sad. It, yes, Marcus Mariota's an athlete, man. Anybody in the NFL, if you have even a semblance of an offensive line, the only team that might not be able to do it is like the Cardinals, maybe. Um, but if you have any offensive line at all, you can move the line enough because you have enough of a push. Well, there's just enough space. You know the snap count. Yeah. So just, the, just the fact that you know a snap count gives you that much leverage. And if you are that close to the goal line, that's, I mean, that's the play. So I'm not opposed to going for it. I, all the reasons you discussed as to why I probably wouldn't have, but I'm not afraid of going for it. I like the go for two all the time, actually. I, I just don't like the play call. I didn't like the play call when they scored the touchdown. It worked. I still thought it was the wrong play call. Yeah. And and I did not like the play call um, uh, for the two-point conversion. I did, however, like Mike Vrabel's comment at the end. He said, these people didn't come out to London 
and watch us, a pro team, fly 5,000 miles across the across the world to play for a tie. Yeah. You know what? Hey, look, I, you know, these people didn't they didn't watch us come out of here watch a pro NFL team, real football, and say let's play for a tie. Well, I know they're right. used to ties in London. That's not what we do in the NFL. No. I kind of like that about Vrabel. I do like that. It, before you get any further, show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, ah, the South's it. premier sports gambling destination. Uh, check out all six of their sports books over at tunicatravel.com. Bam. You can also check out all of our stuff over at winningcureseverything.com, our picks, our previews, our YouTube stuff, our podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Go check it out, winningcureseverything.com. Uh, so we're talking about going for two. Let's discuss the Monday night game then. Okay. Because it was a big topic on Twitter and, and whatnot, uh, I, at I, least with the smart, uh, sure. the, the smart guys, right? Like the, right. the analytical dudes. Because people were complaining initially about uh, uh, Pat Shermer going for two when he was down by 14. But if you look at the numbers and the percentages and the probabilities and whatnot, if you're down by 14 points, you should go for two on that first touchdown every time. And the reason being, you have a 63% chance or 62.5% chance of winning the game if you get the two. Going for two is like a 50-50 probability. Now, kicking the extra point is like, uh, we'll, we'll just say closer to 100, right? Okay. But at that point, you're going to tie. So if you kick two extra points, you're going to tie, and that's if the other team doesn't do anything. You go for two... Everything changes up. At that point, all you need is an extra point to win the game if you score another touchdown. So if you break it down into, like, I I love the call. Like, he didn't make it, but at that point, you're still only down by one possession. Once again, I didn't like the play call either. No, the play call was terrible. No. When you get down that low, you probably have one of the most athletic running backs in the league. Just let him jump over the pile. Yeah. He he can get a yard. He can get two yards. I mean, that's see, that's the thing is – like as long as they don't overthink it, yeah. And I think that's what happened to the Titans. Eli does not ever need to be the we're on the one yard line and let's throw the ball. That, that just <laughs> doesn't do need to happen for Eli Manning anymore. You know what's crazy is like people talk about how bad he's been and all that, but like you look at his numbers. Uh, Eli was oh they're not terrible. Twenty seven no, thirty eight for three hundred ninety nine yards and one touchdown. Now he did make some brutal decisions he's not great but he's not the worst quarterback either no so, i mean there's a there's a big line between all of that. let's would would you if you were jacksonville and i'm sure that that's in your well, notes we'll get to that eventually well, yeah but. so yeah i'd rather have eli over blake okay would you so you would trade for eli you well, i mean think, it depends on what you have to trade would i trade a one no would i trade a seven yeah i mean w- w- would would i rather have eli than blake yes would i trade for him there's where it gets murky. What would I be willing to give up? I don't think I'd give up a three for him. I wouldn't. I don't know that I'd give up a four for him. I mean, good players still come in the middle of the draft. I mean, true. True. I mean, they really do. But so, if if you are just a quarterback away, but but I, is Jacksonville just a quarterback I, away? Look at the receivers. Look at their offense. I I don't think they're just a quarterback. I don't think away. they are either. Because if you look at what. So here's the difference, though, is I think what? Jacksonville's offensive line is actually pretty good compared to the Giants, who I don't have a whole lot of faith in. What What's so sad is Jacksonville let several players walk this past offseason. See, none of this is even in my notes. We're just going to go for your minute. 
Jacksonville let several players walk this offseason. They freed up $21 million in cap space. And they brought in guys like Don Cray Moncrief and paid him like $11 million or whatever. Yeah, Mon- I like, thought Moncrief was going to be good. Like, no, I'd never, at no point in time did I ever think Moncrief was going to be good. Okay, I thought he was going to be good when he came out of college. And when I realized he's not good with Andrew Luck and in that system, that he's not going to be good with Blake Bulls. Okay, that's just, that's just wrong. But, but, but getting back to it, you spent all this money. Go bring in a quarterback to challenge Blake. Go bring in a backup to say, hey, brother, you're our guy. And, you're and still not, our guy. And not Cody Kessler. But I need somebody to give you – well, Cody's not giving anybody competition. No. But could they have gotten one of these older veteran dudes? That, yeah. hey, if the things go all to hell with Blake, we can still compete for a Super Bowl if we've got somebody capable or competent. Hey, trade a third-round pick for Teddy Bridgewater. Why don't you think of doing that? Uh, Yeah. The Saints don't need him. They went and got him because they know how valuable it is. Anyway, we'll get back to it. So Jacksonville was the next, next part on the list, so that kind of works its way out. Not really going through the game so much, other than Jacksonville finally benched the quarterback, Doug Marone, said in his press conference, Blake was pissed. And my response to him was, how the hell do you think the rest of the teams felt for the last couple of weeks playing behind you? Like, I, that's, like, that's like you should awesome. be mad, but now you know how the rest of these guys feel. Uh, 100%. Well, what did he say? He said, like, we got to learn to hold on to the damn football. Like, that is how you don't value the football. But, but here's the thing. He has never valued the football. He no. has always been a turnover machine, and it's been like that since he was like before he was drafted. No. Even at UCF, he was like that. I, you know, you know how I feel about turnovers. And every year, these quarterbacks get talked up, and every NFL scout says, "Oh, but we can fix the we can fix the turnovers." Really? Have you fixed Sam Darnold's turnovers? Nope. Have you fixed Have you fixed uh, James Winston's turnovers? Because these are all things that well, they have all these tools. We can fix that. See, I don't think you can fix that. The issue is that some of these quarterbacks absolutely believe that they can throw the football well enough and into these windows that they can get it by the defensive players. That's right. And they never learn they can't. that in the NFL you can't do that. They couldn't do it in college. Look at all the turnovers they had in college. That's, but but then they get put up on this pedestal because oh, you know, they but drafted me in this and that. Their teams are so good in college. They win all these games in college. And it, it doesn't matter look, if they turn it the football. It hides all their flaws. Yeah. When you go through the combine, it's supposed to expose all of them. It does, and these teams just make excuses. They yeah. say, "Oh, but we can we can fix that. He won't do that when he gets here, really." Well, it, they're it was change. the Bills with Josh Allen. Yeah, they're going to change who the hell they are. Anyway, it's like the, the Bills talking about how they can change uh, Josh Allen's accuracy. Yeah, we can make issues. him accurate, but see, I think you could make somebody more accurate than changing the mindset of "I can make that throw." Knowing I've never made that throw before, I haven't made it this year. I didn't make it in college, but I'm going to make it today. That mentality of "got to play hero ball" and giving the ball away, I don't think ever goes away. That's it. Which, if you're a Jets fan, don't make you feel real good about Sam Darnold. Next up. Is Houston good? They no. have won four straight. Now, let me tell you the teams that they have beaten. They've beaten the <laughs> – I didn't write this down. I should have. They've beaten the Bills. They've beaten the Colts. They've beaten the Jaguars. And, and the Cowboys. Been, and the Cowboys. I know this. Four teams, nine total wins against those four teams. That is that – they've beaten four really bad teams. Yeah. 
Uh, here's the thing: three of them they were handed the game, and then oh, last no week no against doubt. the Jags. Look, when you play a team that is just in complete freefall, yep, and that's what the Jags are. Like I, I thought the Jags were going to go home and get right. You know, like I bet on the Jags last week, thinking, okay, the Texans have been gifted three games, and confidence has something to do with that. But they're also bussing in Deshaun Watson. I was just about to bring they're that like up. all of this crap, and and the Jags are like fighting each other in the locker room. It should be criminal what they have done to Deshaun Watson. Like somebody should be charged. Their quarterback, this elite athlete can't even get on a plane to fly to games because they busted him up so bad what what do they do when they when they don't have a home game or a drivable game what do they do if they have to go up to washington or new england or seattle like what you just you're just gonna let him fly out right out two or three days early Uh, i guess it's a 28 hour bus ride well all right (laughs) <laughs> you you leave on Thursday, and we'll play well, just, you on I'm, Sunday. Like, Houston to Jacksonville is not exactly... It's 12 hours. Yeah. But you can make that in a day. Like, that's not a that's not the end of the world. It's kind of crappy for a professional athlete. Just I just sit on a bus to, and watch This the week film. they play at home, but, like... At what point do you say? Did they? We hey, need did they you just stick him on like a greyhound, or did no, they have no, him no, like? No, no. Does he have his own I'm, tour bus? I'm quite certain he had a very nice bus full of all of the things that he could possibly want to entertain him for 12 hours. <laughs> being a young man about Houston, what I want to kind of get to on this because I'm not going to really break down this game is they are now a seven and a half point favorite for Thursday night against the Dolphins, and I know the Dolphins hadn't looked great. Man, I don't know that they should be seven and a half points against the worst team in the league. Like, if they I, played I, Arizona or the Raiders right now on a neutral site field, do you think they should be laying more than a touchdown to well, I mean, anybody? They, they did beat the Jags by 13 well, in I know Jacksonville. They, I know but, they just won by that much. But, but no, I don't think they should be favored by that much. But I think this says more about the Dolphins not having Ryan Tannehill. Because, like, look, their, their starter this week is Brock Osweiler – on a short week. But their starter like, last week was Brock Osweiler. Their starter the week they beat the Bears was Brock Osweiler. I, and I understand that, but like, how much faith do you put in Osweiler? See, I put none for him to lead a team to like be. But for him to go to Houston and be like, hey, I know these guys. These guys try to embarrass me. I mean, I think there's some comeuppance coming in Houston. Yeah, there might be. There anyway, might be. All right, that, that covers that. We'll move on. Can't go this far into the show without mentioning – the Chiefs and the Rams. But because what they are doing is so impressive, it's kind of not impressive anymore. Like, it's just ho-hum. It's a, you're, you're just they waiting the, for the next big they thing, They beat right? the hell out of somebody. So here's how I'm going to address this. Chiefs and Rams, MVP race. Who you got midseason? Mahomes with 22 touchdowns, 2,223 yards, or Todd Gurley with 11 touchdowns and – 686 yards. You know Todd Gurley wasn't even the leading rusher for the Rams last week? Well, but that... Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, I understand they used him, like, out of the, the backfield, yeah, like, no. as a receiver, kind of. Uh, but Malcolm Brown actually had 13 carries and 65 yards. What Gurley um, is doing. I know, we've oohed and odd over, over Mahomes every week. Rightfully so. Yeah. Because he's been unreal. What Todd Gurley's doing, he is he is the straw that stirs the drink. And he's how many yards do you say he has? Six hundred and eighty-six yards in seven games. I mean, that's eleven touchdowns, and that's without their like without them even using him in in the fourth quarter. Like Like, he's he's like Tua Tungalova. Like he just doesn't play in the fourth quarter because they're up by thirty. 
Yeah, it's. I, I think. I mean, obviously. I mean, he's playing in some of these games, but not all of them. People are going to give it to Mahomes because I think we what, like quarterbacks. Well, I think yeah, because nationally, like it's just a bigger, it's a bigger position. Uh, but I mean, if, if you I might get, feel different at get the real, end of the season. I think the Texans, uh, not Texans. I think uh, I think the Rams and what they're doing with Gurley is much more impressive. The it, so and, and let me let me tell you the only re- and it's really hard to knock Mahomes for what he's been able to do. Well, I, let me let me tell you this: so many of those touchdowns are little like flare passes out, like underhanded yeah. to 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 Tyreek Hill on a sweep, and he takes it eighty yards for a touchdown. Like well, forget, Mahomes forget really the didn't do a lot. All those yards, a lot of those are just dinks and dunks to just freak athletes. Yes. Gurley has to carry or catch the ball and run with it himself. I think that the Gurley situation, like, I don't think he would be doing this if he did not have a guy like Jared Goff. Like, in in this system, he is the perfect fit for this system. He's the most important piece to that system. Goff can, can open up the field for Gurley in ways that other quarterbacks would not be able to do that. See, I don't know that I believe that. I right, actually, how about this? Not Goff, but like uh, uh, McVay. McVay. McVay can. Okay. Like the, the game plan itself I was just about can say, get I him think into there's, I think there's nine quarterbacks in the NFL that you could replace Goff with and nothing changes. I, I, think, I think there might be more. There might be more. There, there, there are not nine running backs. I don't know that there is one running back. That you could maybe man, it's really early to hail Saquon as this, but like maybe Gordon in 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 L, the other LA, the Chargers, like Alvin Kamara, but like the list is real short for who yeah. could take Gurley's place in that system and be as productive or as good. And the answer might be none of them. It, you might be right. Like Gurley is big enough to be a between the tackles guy. Uh, but they're also not really using him as a between the tackles guy all that much. No, he's one doing because a lot. they don't have to, and they don't want to put too many miles on him, too many hits on him. Uh, and two, like he, like what, the, what I said before, they don't need to. Yeah, like they, you don't have to waste him. To this point, they have used him perfectly. And yeah, it's hard. To I, argue I do that. agree with that. Moving on, the Panthers. And Cam Newton scored three unanswered touchdowns <laughs> at Philadelphia against the defending champs to got, give them their got you uh, a cover to it? give them their fourth loss of the season. Question: Are the Panthers looking more up? Or are the Eagles looking more down? I think the Panthers are looking more up. Okay, all right. I, I so still, you're not giving up on this Eagles. team. I still believe in this Eagles team. I think that. Uh, I think Carson Wentz is getting a little bit better. I will say this: when Ooh, how when the they shine were is off the apple for Philadelphia. Though. Yeah, no, you got that right. Um, but I think they they prefer this, right? Like they're not prefer, but they I think they are better when they don't have um, like all the pressure. Yeah, like, I mean they're they, definitely they're, in the they're division better, they're that better. they could win at eight and eight pretty easily. Oh, absolutely. I think well, that it's, division it's, is it's why rough. the Cowboys traded for uh, Amari Cooper, right? Like they still we'll think they there. can win. Um, but yeah, the, the Eagles. <laughs> they still think they can win. The Eagles still believe, like, okay, we can still win this division. But man, when they were doing that that dance, yeah, over on the sideline, they're up seventeen to nothing, and it's like, this might be a little bit early. That's right. Like all, all you've done now still is piss pro- off the Panthers. There's still pros over there, man. Those still yeah. guys, those guys still live in big houses too. My my thought on this was, do do you remember what we talked about after the Super Bowl? 
and how I told you that if a team came calling and offered two ones, I would trade wins. Yeah, I remember that. I I would I they should have made that move. Not that Wentz isn't great. Not that this is all Wentz's fault. But I'm telling you, the shine is off the apple, and there are people in Philly saying, Foles led us to a Super Bowl, my man. And I don't know that you want that kind of strife going on. Well, I'll say this. like Foles didn't exactly look all that nope. great like, early didn't. on. This offense is struggling. I, I don't know what's going on. I'm pretty well, I pumped think about the Panthers. Well, I think being out doesn't help. Um I mean, they they got injuries, and and Corey Clement like they were winning it, games before JJ got there last year, though. Uh, let me tell you this. Well, but then they ended up building around him. Okay, like they they kind of set that offense to where it it worked for him. Um, Corey Clement like there was, you there were holes open for him to run through, and it looked like you remember when Trent Richardson was running for the Browns at, and the Colts for that matter, and like you would see entire sections of the field open up. And he would run into the section where, like, there was just a bunch bodies. Of people. Yeah, like that's what he was doing on Saturday, and it blows my mind. Like, when you're a running back, the the difference between a good running back and a bad running back is field vision. Yeah, like all these dudes can run. Yeah, all every, of them can every, run over people, like all that. But like, if you can't see where the hole is, like there's something in it. I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know what it is. Like, Trent just lost it. Yeah. He lost it. And Corey Clement, like, if he can't find these holes, like, that entire offense blows up because they have to have the running game in order for Carson Wentz to be good. Well, let's 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 keep moving on. All right. Justin Tucker is human after all. The Saints pulled out a great road win, something they needed to do to stay hot, stay on top of the NFC East or the NFC South. The Saints are 9-0 against the spread in October the last three seasons. I'm loving it every minute. Yep. We don't need to say more. <laughs> we're going to roll through some of these because uh, we're going to go long on the last one, and I don't care if you tell me to stop. It's all good. Minnesota's finally looking like the Vikings that we thought they were. Three straight wins. You agree? Yes. They uh, they look a lot better. Um, I kind of hate that they have the Saints coming in this week. I think that's okay. Because I kind of wanted to see them get a couple of wins under their belt. Well, I mean, they got three but straight they're wins. About, like they're about to be tested. Yeah. This, this is, now we're going to find out. Well, it's and, and it feels better because they got the Saints coming in That's right. after the Saints just went on the road to the Ravens, Man, right? Yeah, back-to-back road games is tough. Always tough. New England went on the road against a really good team, and this is probably the most complete game they have played all season. I do agree with that. To a team, a guy that watches this team extremely close, defense look better than they've looked all year. Special teams look better than they looked all year. And it's not just the returns for touchdowns. Just getting big yardage. When they made a mistake and they gave the ball away, they they re- retaliated. They re- they countered that. They they held them up. They didn't give up points. And and they, they played overall really well. The only Turnovers hope is, were, were big. Is um, Michelle can't be injured long because they don't have the horses anymore at the running back. Position. No, they don't, which is crazy. Started because like, the season with like six. Yeah. And now we're down to one and a dude I've never heard of before. Who Who's the other guy? Barner is his name. Oh, Ken, Ken, I, yeah, Ken from, John yeah, Barner. Ken John Barner. Oregon. Yeah. Ken John Barner. Uh, but he's he's a speedster. Like he's yeah. – so, so it'll be interesting to be, see what – Yeah, it'll be interesting be, to see what Tom does fine. with – a guy like that, right? Well, because he hand him the ball. He won't throw him the ball because I don't know that that guy's been there long enough for Tom to say, let me throw you this ball. Eh, but I think that might be the best way to get yardage out of the deal, right? Nah. Like with, with nah. Sony Michelle, like eventually he earned trust. 
And it wasn't so much throwing the ball. It was that he ran great against the Bears. Yes. I think they'll keep running the ball with him. We'll move on. All right. Next to last up. How long is it? We're going to do top five, bottom five next segment. Okay. How long is it until my Browns hitting the bottom five? And as a Browns guy, the the time is now to fire Hugh Jackson. It is it is time. This team plays well, but they make mistakes that you shouldn't make, that well-coached teams don't make. And the game management of every game is flawed. When dudes sitting on the couch that don't do this stuff for a living can A, predict what you're about to do, and B, like argue why you're not calling timeout, why you're not going for it here, why you're not kicking field goals, why you're leaving points on the board – we have a massive problem, and his solution is now is, is well, I'm going to take a closer look at the offense. What the hell have you been doing in the past? You're the head coach. What do you do all day? Like, do you just say, Haley, you're the you're the OC, so just do whatever you want, and I'm going to be in here playing, you know, Mahjong on my phone? Like, like what That's are you a, doing? What the hell is that? You never played Mahjong? It's a great know what a little Chinese tile game. It's <laughs> awesome. It's like solitaire, but. Uh, I think so. The rumors are out that they are going to fire Hugh uh, during the bye week, right? And I think a lot of it depends on what happens this week. I I don't understand what's magical about the bye week. We suck right now. Let's fire him today, and okay, we might not win next week. That's okay. We might win the week after that. The issue is that that they might win this week, and if they do, he's going to save his damn job. Yeah. Then what? That's the problem. If if so, just do it. Yeah. Don't don't give an opportunity to. Uh, I don't know. I, like he's he's not good. He's not good. Um, and I'm not saying Todd Haley is better than him. Uh, yes, I am. Todd Haley will be better than him. I'm not saying Todd Haley is good. <laughs> he will be better than Hugh. Anyway. Yeah. All right. All right. What, what's your last one? We're gonna get on the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are grasping at straws right now, and it is entertaining to watch. So, I I listen to a guy named Jason Lockenfor a lot. He's on. He's a CBS dude. Jason Lagafour says, look, I'm not the algorithm guy, but the guys at Sportsline who own CBS run like a million algorithms about everything. And do you want to know the increased productivity that making a trade, trading a first round, we're not even talking about the game, who cares, that both teams made bumbling mistakes, looked like complete idiots at the end of the game. Yeah. One of them had to win. I guess they didn't. They could have tied. It had been fine. Um, but, but anyway, neither here nor there. The, the increase that a first-round pick for Amari Cooper brings to them, 0.0. Amari Cooper does not make them based on every analytical stat. Now, this is, a, this is a company that does nothing but analyze data. They don't look at personalities. They don't look at heights and size and who used to play where and this, that, and another. They just look at analyzed data, and they see a guy that can't break – pressure he can't break away speed to get open he cannot catch the ball he's like a 30 percent catch rate and they just gave away a first round pick and everybody's saying man well you need a number one receiver i still don't think they have one i don't think they do either i think that they will try and make him one uh i told you this early on like amari cooper's not good against press coverage Mark Cooper's not good, period. We can end the story there. Now, I will say this. like uh, Part of me does wonder because he was really good initially. Initially. I, we, I know, I like know, early on. I have, but, I have a reason for that that but, I've covered 
multiple times on this show. But I do wonder if if being in Oakland has actually made him worse. Derek Carr is twice the quarterback that Dak Prescott is throwing the football. Nobody's going to argue the fact that Derek Carr is a better thrower of the football than Dak. That's, I agree. That's undisputable. Like, you cannot – I don't know that I said that word right. But, but you cannot argue that fact. This is not going to make him better. He's not going to make that team better. He's not good. He was good early because the cream and the clear stays in your system for about a year, year and a half, and then finally after you've – been away from Alabama long enough and all the steroids come out of your body, you suck. It's the same reason Trent Richardson fell apart. It just happens. So, anyway, I am enjoying groveling in the wailings and failings and grasping of straws at the Cowboys are doing. I find it amusing. Um, I love, love, love. One day, one day we might take time when we have a section to go over like how I feel about season-long bets that we've made and and how you're under on the uh on the cowboys eight and a half baby Woo! and i got even money odds on it played no juice it's pretty awesome i'm real excited that's a that's a heavy one i don't think there's any way this team can win they have to win six more games in the final eight seven nine nine six can out of nine six out of nine no chance no chance. There's no chance. This Can I team go wins cash that ticket this week? Do you think they'll let me? I don't think they'll let you do it this week, uh, but after maybe this weekend or, or next weekend, maybe. Well, they got to buy this week, so they uh, won't lose yeah, this well, week. Yeah, next, well, next weekend. After next weekend, Thanksgiving, maybe. I can cash that check. No doubt. Probably. Right? We're not even arguing that. Probably. Anyway, that's the recap, Bubba. That's the recap. All right. Like we said, it's brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi. Go check out tunicatravel.com. All of your information is over there. Winningcureseverything.com. Let's move on to uh, the top five, bottom five. <laughs> NFL Top 5, Bottom 5, after week number 7. Brought to you by Dunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six awesome sports books down there. Go check out more information on them over at tunicatravel.com. Let's jump in. Start we doing 32? The, yeah. All right, 30, 32. We'll start with that. Who you got at 32? No other choice but the Raiders. See, I got another choice. No, you don't. See, your choice is wrong, though. My choice is not wrong. My cho- okay. I'm telling you. All right, so you got the Raiders. I got, got the, the Cardinals. Raiders. I got the Cardinals at 32. Look, they got to win over the the 49ers who turned the ball over five times. Correct. But in that game, the Cardinals only had like 200 yards of offense. Like, they didn't turn it over. But, my goodness, the Cardinals did turn it over against the Broncos and got smoked. Who do you think will be favored right now if both those teams played? Uh, currently, because the Cardinals are at home, the Cardinals are a one-point favorite. Now, the opening line Against was a pick Against the 49ers. Who do you think would be favored if the Raiders and the Cardinals played? Uh, man, I think it depends on where it is. I don't know that it I matters. think there's only a couple of points difference. Because I think, my, they, my can Raiders, play, I think they, they can play in Oakland and Arizona would be favored. I don't I agree think the Raiders that. are that level bad. I got the Raiders at 31. I think they're full 76 in it. And that might I, be. But, like, they so, get rid of Amari Cooper. So, if, like they're, it, if, they're, if they're going in full-on tank mode. But Amari you, Cooper wasn't that good anyway. Him. No, he's not. You're exactly right. They just stole the first-round pick. But That's their third first-round pick this year. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, you got to draft them, and then you got to develop them. And we'll see if... 50% of the first-round picks are bust. Yep. So, at, at best, they will be two out of three, and... 
I don't know that there will be that. But that's what it said, at best. Who you got for 31? 31, that's what it just said. I got the Raiders at 31. Okay. I got the Bills at 31. So I don't even have the Cardinals there. Because I watched Derek Anderson play, and he wasn't a whole hell of a lot better than Nate Peterman. No. I think there were parts of Sean McDermott that wanted to put Nate Peterman back in that game. Well, because Anderson threw three interceptions against the Colts. bad. I mean, it was just – yeah, that's it was terrible. If there was ever a team that needed to – Derek Anderson's stat line, by the way, 28 – or 20 out of 31, 175 yards, three picks. Nice. Ooh, that's – if and, and this team traded Tyrod Taylor and then traded A.J. McCarron. Like, Ty, Tyrod's available right now. That's it's so, A.J. McCarron probably is too. My God. Like, he, he – A.J. McCarron got injured – and they traded him to Oakland. Before like, he got they, injured, he got beat out for that job. It, you can talk about – look. Gary, he I, got beat out no, I understand that. Boy, no, no, no. I understand that. that I understand that. But, look, here's the deal. Nate he wasn't Peterman, even second string. Nate Peterman outplayed him in preseason. Nate Peterman outplayed Josh Allen in preseason. Nate Peterman outplayed everybody in, in preseason and in practice. You get that boy in a real game – it is a whole different deal. Just telling you. Tyrod's I, I'm there. not saying that A.J. McCarron is great. Just send that third-round pick right on back to Cleveland. <laughs> you can have it. Yeah, I, I think the uh, Browns might need it. My 30th is the Cardinals. Now now I've got Arizona there. My 30th is the Bills because I just can't imagine it being any worse than it already is, and I think that that defense and running game, so long as Sean McCoy is good and everything's good to go, I think they could beat the Raiders and the Cardinals. Mm, I don't know, man. I think I think the Cardinals, if they keep the team the way it is, intact, they don't start trading away pieces, I think they're better than both those teams. Neither. Well, and, and Josh Allen's going to come back at some point. Yeah. And that's he, and that's he was it. Well, I mean, he might not right. even miss tomorrow, no, this week. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't. he might not have to come back from anything. He might just play. Yeah. He's the better quarterback, and that's not questionable. Which is – that's saying something. All right. My 29, I – I argued so hard for them to not be in the bottom five last week. I think I got to put them in there as the Giants. I got the 49ers at 29. They have so um, much talent, and they just don't know what to do with it. God, I, I, they cannot get out of the way. They just play one of the worst defenses they're going to play all year, and they score 20 points. Which is, And one of them was a garbage time touchdown. That, that, which which cool. got well, you the cover, by the way. Any of them are garbage time touchdowns. They're trying to win the game. I mean, well, I mean I, I'm with you, but like – the Falcons were obviously in prevent mode. Yeah, like it, there's there's a difference, right? So, you know, uh, you give up one of those late touchdowns, you're up by two scores. Like to the Falcons, it's like, eh, you know, all right, we'll give up a touchdown. Uh, my twenty eight is the Giants. Okay, like I, I do think that the Giants could beat the Forty ers the Bills, the Raiders, and the Cardinals. And they might could. And I've got the Forty like, Nineers twenty eight. I think the Giants like part of this is they have played a pretty difficult schedule. It's the Falcons are not great, but like. The Falcons got talent, and you had to play them on the road. And if you look at all the other teams that they've lost to, you know, the Cowboys, no, they're not great, but they played them in Dallas. Uh, they played the Panthers on the road, and they were within, you know. Well, the a, Panthers a, are a good team. Yeah, and the they Falcons were within a 60-yard field goal away from – I'm not saying the Falcons are great. The Falcons have the worst – they have one of the worst defenses in all of football. And you okay. score 20. So the Giants get, get thrashed at home by the Saints. That happens. That happens to everybody. Saints, Saints are one of the best teams in the league. Um, but, I mean, if you look at who they've been beaten by, 
Like they they are the last team to beat but the, look at uh, the, the only, Texans. But look at the wins that they've got. Yeah, they they, they got one the, win. They beat the Texans. Yeah, God. they got they got beat at home by the Jaguars before they fell apart, and that was even a close game. But like you lose to the Jags, you lose at the Cowboys, I, you lose. I just uh, can't understand. They lost with, to the Eagles on with, Thursday night. With Odell, Saquon, Ingram, like the offensive firepower that they have, they can't score points. Now that's at is that on Eli or is that like a coaching thing? I don't. I don't know the answer to that. I'm, I. I think it's a coaching thing. I don't think Eli is as bad as people like everybody's making him out no, to be. No, but I. But I don't know that it's all not on Eli either, though. Well, no, I think he. I think he makes some pretty questionable, but not even questionable, just bad decisions from time to time. But either way, uh, who who'd you get at twenty eight? Twenty eight and forty niners. Forty niners. Okay. So got we got the same bottom well, we've five. Got it's just all the order. same bottom five, different order. You'll get <laughs> Which, you'll get the Raiders there eventually. That's the uh, well, I man. I got the Raiders at thirty one. You'll, you know, you'll get them. You'll get them there eventually. They they might be there after this weekend. They should be there. We'll now. see. Uh, who you got? Uh, let's see. Are we doing one through five. One like five. Two, I think is where we'll have the most. Uh, yes. One, two, three, and four. I don't even know that we're in different orders now. Maybe I've got the Rams. You got the Rams. Or the I got Chiefs? the. I got the Rams. One. Chiefs. Okay. Two. Pats. Three. Pats. Three. Saints. Saints. Four. four. Okay. We are. That is not changing unless somebody blows our hair back. And I don't have a lot to blow, so you just got to figure that out. Now, at five, I really – I thought really hard about putting the Chargers in here. Man, I did too. But I, I – I did too. I couldn't do it because, like, they were a, a bad play call by the Titans away from, from losing last week. But even then, like, you want to talk about a body clock game? That game started at 8.30 Central Time, 6.30 Pacific Time. Like – that's crazy to send a West Coast team I, over there. I can't, but every year they send a West Coast team. We talk about this. I don't understand. There are plenty of East Coast teams that you could send to London. Nope. We're going to send somebody as far away as humanly possible. Which is, like, I can understand why they would send the Chargers because. Well, yeah, they have it, no home. No home field advantage. Yeah, like, no, they, they, nobody they cares where they play. Yeah. Um, yeah. So who did you pick for five? Five, I put the Vikings in. I have, I can't believe that. I have the Vikings too. I want it so <laughs> Just so bad. that y'all know, we, we don't, don't talk about this no, beforehand. We don't, we don't go over any of this like, stuff. We just try to see how we file. We, we make our lists and then we, we... We know our top four. That is not changing. I I was, man, I tried really hard. I thought about putting the Chargers as well. But the Vikings, three straight wins. They absolutely obliterated the Jets last week. They are doing what we wanted from the Vikings. Kirk Cousins looks really, really good. Man, that was a hell. Man, people thought that they overpaid for. I don't know that they overpaid for him at all. No, I no, think he is worth exactly what they paid for. Pay. If they can figure out a way to get that defense rolling, now I know he looked good against Sam uh, Darnold. They made him turn the ball over like nineteen times, but at some point in time, they got to do it against a good quarterback. This was a really good defense. They'll have the chance this week. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see. They they beat the. Uh, I mean, do do you just if they beat the Saints at home, do you just move them above the Saints or like flip flop those? Like, I mean, you can't put them above the uh, the Pats, can you? No, and you can't put them above uh, the no. The, the, pa- know, the I was Chiefs, just about or? to say the Pats don't have a win that good, but they do. I mean, they beat the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are an unbelievable team right now. Um, yeah, I but think- that that game was super close. It was in Foxborough. It can't really move the Chiefs out right no. now. Like, no, maybe you could maybe you to. could flip those two. But like, I, just, I would just the only thing you could argue is to flip them. But we'll have to wait and see how the game plays out. 
All right, that's going to wrap up our NFL Top 5, Bottom 5 for week number 7. College football, big game preview, week number 9. Brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six awesome sports books down there. Horseshoe, Gold Strike, Samstown, Fitz Casino, Hollywood, First Jackpot. They got all the information over at tunicatravel.com. Go check that thing out. You can also check out our website, all of our podcasts, YouTubes, all that stuff over at winningcureseverything.com. We got everything you need, so go check that thing out. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on the podcast, hit that subscribe button. Give us some reviews. Five stars, please. Absolutely. And then you can always follow us on Twitter and uh, Facebook, all those, all the wonderful social media stuff where you can keep up with us. Let's jump into game number one. Georgia and Florida. Now, did you think that this would be the biggest game of this weekend when, like, everything came out initially? Well, define initially. Like, before the season started? Before, before the season. No, because I didn't think Florida was going to be that impressive. And now Florida is a top 10 team. Correct. Ranked number nine in the AP poll. Correct. Uh, Florida six and one against the spread this year. That, that is also correct. That's, uh, that's, it surprises me a little bit. Georgia's a seven and a half point favorite. Over-unders 52.5 at Saturday, 2.30 p.m. on CBS in Jacksonville. Um, look, turnover margin, like Florida is plus 9 on the year. Like they've had a whole lot of turnover luck this year. Um, both teams can run the ball. Like they're both averaging over 5 yards a carry. They're both averaging about 200 yards rushing. Um, they can both pass the ball. Like Georgia, surprisingly, 9.2 passing yards per attempt. Florida's only 7.9 on that one. Both defenses are insane. Yep. Both of them give up only 4.2 rushing yards per attempt. Both of them give up 5. Point, well, Georgia gives up 5.4. Florida gives up 5.6 uh, passing yards per attempt. This is going to be a close game. Yeah, it's about as close as it comes. The difference maker here is if Fromm can – continue to look good and not look like he looked when LSU was playing him. I think he's going to be the difference maker. Felipe Franks has still not had a great game from start to finish. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. Uh, and I, like, I have to find a way. You can't make mistakes against Georgia. Exactly. I, I got to quit just not having any faith at all in Felipe Franks because it, every game this year I'm like, yeah, but he's probably going to turn the ball over a bunch, and he's going to do this. And that. But he but, does, and here's the thing. Other other than the Kentucky game, he he still made all the mistakes he was supposed to make to lose him the game. Yeah. Just the rest of the team picked him up. The defense picked him up big against LSU. Uh, the running know, game the has, running, has The running really game supported. has really carried a lot of the weight there. And I just get scared about being one-dimensional against really good teams like Georgia. Well, and see, that's – yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that Georgia can make him really uncomfortable. But I say that, and, and Georgia has not gotten a ton of pressure on quarterbacks this year. No, like they, no. they just don't have the same playmakers that they had last year. Well, But I don't know that they're running that kind of – I think they're trying to stop the run and then just, just saying beat us. We're going to play you man-to-man. We're going to cover your, your receivers. Beat us. Because it's not like there's five-star NFL receivers all over the place either. No, you're right. You're and right. Felipe Franks, you kind of want to keep him in the pocket and just the, let him throw. The seven-and-a-half was the opening line. Uh, 
right now over at the Horseshoe, the Horseshoe uh, Casino in Tunica provided the lines this week. Georgia is a seven-point favorite, so it did come down half a point. Everybody bet down the hook. Um, I mean, if, if you had to, if you had to take this one, what would you do over under? Who are you going with on the spread? On the spread, I would take Georgia. I think I'd probably go with Florida. I like Georgia. I don't see Kirby Smart losing two games back to back. I think I don't know that they would lose the game. I so, just I think it could be a closer. Uh, at some point in time, he's going to realize we we're running the wrong running back. And as soon as he figures out we need to give Holyfield the ball thirty times a game, there's there's nobody in the country that's going to stop them. You might be right. I, I believe that. I watched that guy go up against the best run defense I've seen all year in LSU, and when he touched it, he got whatever he wanted. When Swift came in the game, he got but Swift nothing. is uh, he smaller, got nothing. right? He's but, a but smaller I don't, guy. I just don't understand Georgia. Like I, I can't figure out how Kirby doesn't see what I'm seeing from a couch. Now that I don't know. That I do not know. And and he only got like eight. Maybe he doesn't have endurance. Maybe the guy's just crazy strong but really out of shape. I don't know. I, I would be shocked if that was the case, your dad being a boxer. I mean, those guys are in great shape. Yeah, you're right about that. But, like, I just can't figure out why he touches the ball eight times a game when he gets eight yards every time he touches it. I would say, no, we're going to let you touch it 30 times a game. And then yeah. we're going to just smother the other team. They'll never touch the field. It'll be Army football all over again, but but really fun Army football. I, I could get with you. I think I'd probably roll with Florida uh, just because that line looked really high. And I think Florida, it, they got some revenge stuff coming on this week because, I mean, Georgia rubbed their nose in it last year. Yeah, but – 42-7 last but year. But the difference is, is Mullins wasn't there for that nose rubbing. Okay, and, no, but and those players Dan, were. And if and if anybody's gonna kind of like like the smell of their own crap, it's Dan Mullins. And I think the fact that they're looking as good as they are and they've gotten the top ten, man, I've watched that guy do it at Mississippi State. He gets to dancing, he gets to having a good time, and he doesn't prepare. His old teams at state used to do that all the time. Number one in the country got all the way up to, and then just fell flat, lost three, four games late. Just doesn't. That that's that's his move. That's his move as a coach. Do I think he'll be the most prepared guy? No, I think Kirby will be far more prepared than Mullins. Uh, over under fifty two and a half. I, I would go under. I think I'd probably. I go do under not two. see a lot of points scored in this game. Neither do I. And and let's move on to the next game. Okay. Whole uh, maybe not a lot of points in this one either. <laughs> uh, Iowa at Penn State. Penn State a six and a half point favorite. At the horseshoe right now, Penn State is a five-point favorite as of Tuesday morning. Uh, obviously, these lines will change over at the horseshoe, so go up to your tenant and uh, and make sure you got the latest line before you start putting money down. Uh, but six and a half at uh, at some of the offshore books and, and some of the Vegas books and whatnot as of right before we went on. Uh, people are betting up Penn State. Line opened up at five and a half. Um, Over-under is 53. It's Saturday, 2.30 p.m., same time as Georgia-Florida. This one's on ESPN. It's in Happy Valley. Iowa is six and one against the spread this year. Uh, Penn State is four and three. Look, six and one Iowa. Like I, I don't think people are really prepared for Iowa to be good. Like you remember a few years ago when Iowa was undefeated, like heading into the Big Ten championship game, yeah. and everybody was like, "When do we start talking to our kids about an undefeated Iowa?" Like. That's kind of what we got here. This defense is legit. Like, they are 
really, really for real. They uh, they only give up four yards a carry. They give up 165 rushing yards a game. I mean, they, like this team. Oh, I'm sorry. They give up 2.7 yards per carry. They give up 80 yards rushing a game. Um, yeah, I mean they're like, they give up 178 passing yards a game, but like a lot of that's in garbage time. Like it's th- this is a legit team. Penn State, they play to the level of competition. Like we can say that they'll be ready for this game. They'll be hyped for this game, and they'll play well in this game. I, I think you're probably right uh, because, like, they played at a level of competition. Do you think that Iowa can keep this thing? Well, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, do I think they can keep it close? Yeah. I mean, I could, could also see – Oh, yeah, I think they could win the game too. But I also could see Iowa, I mean, uh, Penn State winning by 10. I mean, I can see Iowa winning by 10. Nothing yeah. would shock me in this game. The best defense that Penn State has played all year was Michigan State. That's right. And Michigan State beat them in Happy Valley. Snuffed them out pretty good. They yeah. couldn't move the ball at all. Held them to uh, to seventeen points. Like it was it was punt that, fest. That was an that was an eleven a.m. game though, man. Yeah, this is a two thirty game. It's I know it's a little it's bit different. different. I know it's not a little different. But uh, it's, yeah, it's and and Michigan State finds a way to win games like that. But so does Kirk Ferentz. I was just about to say, Kurt Ferentz is a really good coach. This will be a fun game to watch. I'll, yeah. I'll be watching a lot of this game. I do agree there. I, I think under 53? Yeah, I'd go under. I think I'd go under as well. Uh, I think I could go way under that. Like, I think this could be another 21-17 kind of game. I mean, that wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't it, shock me. Either. It would shock me if it was a 30-35 to 35 game. I mean, that yeah. would shock me. Uh, Washington State at Stanford. Game number three are over-unders 55 and a half. Stanford, a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the farm. Uh, it's Saturday, 6 p.m. This one, Pac-12 Network. Do you get the Pac-12 Network? I, I don't I don't think so. I'm going to have to find a stream I have somewhere. DirecTV. I mean, I've, if it's on DirecTV's, you know, package for our region, then I get it, but... I don't think... I don't think you get it. I don't think I get it. I don't think you get... I don't think the majority of the country gets this. Like the Pac-12, That's sad. It, it, what what they have done, it, you want all, uh, you always talk about stuff being borderline criminal. Yeah, this is borderline criminal to put Washington State, who just captured the hearts of the college football country, big national TV, early morning, all day. We got to watch them. Then we got to watch the game that night. Yeah, and and now this week, ah, we're going to put you on the Pac-12 network. They're playing a ranked team. And yeah, we, can't, Stanford. we can't get the game. We can't watch the game. I mean, I, obviously, I will find a, a stream somewhere. Bootleg Gary over here. But, I, I mean, that's the only way I'll be able to watch it. Like, I I, it, I don't know. It's just it's so irritating. Um, how you feel about this? I mean, Washington State, like, that is a, uh, a legit team. They uh, they only give up 23 points a game. They are 7-0 against the spread this year. Stanford's 4-3 and against the spread. Uh, Washington State 6-1 and straight up, 5-2 and straight up for Stanford. Uh, Stanford doesn't score a lot of points, but this they don't give up a lot of points. is going to snuff out Stanford. You think so? The boys at Mike Leach, they're going to go on the road. They're not going to get too big for themselves. I know that, Coach. They're not going to believe in their own, their own headlines, okay? Hey. I think they're going to be ready for this game. I think this game is going to have huge implications for the Pac-12 North. Uh, now, check this out. Rushing yards per attempt. Washington State gives up 3.8. Stanford gives up 4. Is that insane to you? Yeah, Stanford but, only only rushes for 3.1 yards per attempt themselves. Yeah. No, I, Stanford can't run the ball. Rushing. I'm going to tell you that Washington is not going to run the ball yet. they just going to sling that thing. 
Oh, they will. They will. Uh, Washington State averages 400 passing yards per game. Correct. Um, and it, it, what's funnier about that is it's only 7.5 passing yards per attempt. Oh, yeah. So, which means they throw it everybody, 60 times a game. Like, yeah, everybody crazy. touches the ball. And so Gardner Minshew last week became a, uh, a folk superstar, basically. Um, he was, what, 39 out of 51 with four touchdowns? Big game. I mean, big game. The mustache is a huge thing up there uh, in the Palouse. Uh, I mean, if I had to go with it, like I, the only thing that worries me is how emotional last week was, right? Last week was super stuff. emotional, uh, but I do – I just don't think Stanford is great. Listen, I've – I've lost money on better. I'm going to be betting Wazoo. Yeah, that makes sense. Way. I mean, you know me and Leach. Yeah, you you rolling money line, ain't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the thing that could shift this game, um, turnover margin. Stanford is plus five on the year. Washington State's minus two. And Washington, I was just about to say, Washington's going to give the ball away. I mean, they're going to give you a couple opportunities, a couple extra possessions, but that defense shut them down. They they continue to do it. Um, while they are minus two, I, I would venture to say that most of the times when they turn the ball over, they don't give up points. Um, You're probably that, right. And that's a big deal. That's I, I, did, I did not that's look at a, That's a big deal. Points off uh, turnovers. Um, that defense is real. I don't see Stanford scoring a lot. Now, they'll be able to throw the ball a little, and they'll be able to score some. Yeah. But, but I think this defense is good. I think this I, might be the best defense Stanford's played, and that's – they went on the road to Notre Dame. That's a pretty good defense. Uh, Utah's pretty good. Uh, yeah. I mean, they only scored 21 points. But they, they get gave this up 40. at home. They get at home. They, they played Utah at the road, and they played Notre no, Dame they, on the No, they played Stanford at home. I mean, they played Utah at home. Oh, they played them at home? Yeah. I thought they and, and they got Utah. They got stomped. Oh, yeah, they got stomped at home. Uh, next game up, game number four. One of our favorite games. South Florida at Houston. Houston, a seven and a half point favorite. The over under is so juicy. seventy four points. I mean, it's so many points. Uh, Saturday, two thirty p.m. ABC in Houston, Texas. Look, I don't trust Major Applewhite, but this Houston team, it like it. You can tell the difference between they put up this a Houston lot team. Of points last week. They so Houston averages forty eight point seven points per game. Now they also give up twenty nine. Correct. They are four and three against the spread, six and one straight up. South Florida seven and zero oh straight up, and two and five against the spread. Uh, both teams are in the plus as far as turnover margin. Um, Houston just, I mean, they put up insane numbers just south florida puts up insane numbers not to the level that that houston does like it's it's close still crapping on charlie strong i'm telling you man Man, this guy i i think that houston could really like go all out here i think they could really really like destroy South Florida in this game. Wow, destroy them. Yes, destroy I think them. they could beat South Florida by three touchdowns. Okay. I think. Now, I I don't I don't think it will happen because I do believe that Blake Barnett in that bunch after laying a dud and and barely coming out with a win against Connecticut last week. I mean, they won thirty eight to thirty over a, a complete garbage team. Um, so you may see every now and then you'll say that about a team, and then when. When when they do another team you like does it, you say, well, they were looking ahead to somebody else. That game didn't matter. Wh- which is, is there's no consistency whatsoever in that. 
See, I never care what they did the week before because what they did the week before is irrelevant. I look at... Because this team has been preparing all year for something, and if they have a bad game or if they have a good game, it does not dictate what they're going to do the week after unless something happened injury-wise. How about this? But before the season started, there's no way on earth this is a seven-point line. This is a complete overreaction to Houston blowing up last week and South Florida looking bad last week, and it's completely Well, it's Houston just didn't total even blow up last week. The Houston Houston beat Navy thir- uh, 49 to 36. Well, they, scored four, they scored almost 50 points. Yeah, but they score almost 50 points every game. Okay. Like they're averaging 48.7 ga- uh, point, yeah. points. They a score game. a lot. You're right. Yes. Uh, but they do that against teams that can't hold the ball. That, that, that doesn't, they're not going to score 50 this week. You might because be right. they're playing an off, they might win the game. They might cover the line, but you're playing another offense that's gonna take possessions away from you because you're gonna be on the sidelines. Because this offense is good too. That's the problem. Let me let me tell that's you. That's how that's how all these big over unders never come in, never because the other offense is on the field a lot too. So last year, Houston, nobody really thought. Oh, they're you know a dy- a, a great dynamic football that's team, right? right? But Derek King, like their their quarterback, mm-hmm. he was all right last year under what they were running then. Then Houston goes and steals Kendall Bryles away from Lane Kiffin. And Florida Atlantic has fallen apart. Like they are three and four this year. Offense can't do nearly what they did last year. And now Houston. Houston are the like they're the team that is putting up the huge points, all that kind of stuff. South Florida needs to come ready for this game. Like they don't need to pull a Tulsa. But I think they will be ready for this game, and, and they might be. But the last two weeks against you don't think Tulsa, they got film on Kendall Browse in this offense. They don't know what they're walking into. I think everybody does, and they still give up that many points. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm not saying they're going to stop them, but I'm I'm just making the point that the other team is preparing as well. They've got game film on them as well, and they're actually a good team. They're not Navy. They're not. Tulsa, they're they're not these garbage teams. Uh, okay, they're a good okay. team. That's a totally totally fair point. Totally fair point. Um, you you take Major Applewhite, and I'll take Charlie Strong, and we'll see who comes out on top more times than not. Okay, that sounds good to me. Uh, let's move off that one. Let's do Wisconsin. Wisconsin minus six and a half at Northwestern. Over under 51 and a half, Saturday, 11 a.m., Fox in Evanston, Illinois. Whew. This is for, like, the uh, the lead in the Big Ten West. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was going no, to no, like, say Yeah, it's that. like, I, yes, I'm with you, but, like. I mean, you talk about how, how great Iowa is. Then then you're going to talk about these two teams. And no, I said I was it's for not the lead. Okay. It's because, like, look, Wisconsin owns the tiebreaker over Iowa. Correct. And Northwestern is undefeated in the Big Ten. That's right. So, okay, you're right. You know, I mean, this is a this is a huge deal here. It's a big game. Like it, it, Northwestern is four and three straight up, three and four against the spread. Wisconsin's two and five against the spread, but five and two straight up. <laughs> you but look that, at these but numbers. Those, those spreads have been pretty damn big. Yeah, no, they've been huge. But like, even still, Northwestern has looked. It, they've played to the level of competition. They're right? playing to the level uh, of competition. Northwestern. Averages twenty four point three points per game, and they give up twenty four point six points per game. Look, our boys <laughs> at West Lot love them to death. 
Listen, you go in a rucker, and you and you come out with like a field goal win. You you don't just go into Piscataway, New Jersey, yes, and you come do. out with. I know everybody, everybody else does. does. Everybody does except you for and me. Might be able to put together fifty people that we know that we're friends with and go up to <laughs> go up to Piscataway, New Jersey, and get a W. The uh, the like I I would fully expect Northwestern to like keep this game close, right. right? Because they. They do They'll it be ready all for the this time. Game. This could easily have been just a look ahead from last week to this. It's week. it's entirely possible. Yeah. Like it, they knew they didn't even have to really load up the bus with all their stuff. Like my to, my to get problem the win. is is the last three or four games I watched this team a lot because we like those guys and I like watching them and I've and I've liked Pat Fitzgerald for a long time. He's, if you're a Northwestern fan, that's got to drive you insane. He's driving me insane the last three weeks. Just driving me insane watching him coach this team. Yeah, I, I don't know what it's like practice-wise, but his game plan during the game, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm sure that guy's a lot smarter than I am, but it doesn't make sense to this Neanderthal. No, I'm I'm with you. Golly. I'm 100% with you. It didn't make any sense at all what they did last week, uh, what they did against Nebraska. Nebraska even. the like week I, before. Like, and still found a way to win that game. Oh. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand – um, the line, it's so we said six and a half. That's the latest line. Uh, as of Tuesday morning at the Horseshoe, it was six. As always, go check with your attendant. Uh, I would expect Northwestern to keep this game close, but look, they cannot run the ball. Northwestern averages 2.3 yards per carry. Uh, Wisconsin, I mean, dude. That's like, all they, they do is that's run That's all the ball. they do. They, they average 280 rushing yards a game, 6.3 yards per carry. Uh, but Northwestern could throw the football, and Wisconsin can't really stop that. So, I mean, we'll we'll see how it works. It should be a fun game. I think both teams are going to be fired up, ready to go. And you're right; it is for the lead at, at the moment in, in the Big Ten West. It's an 11 a.m. game. Uh, I'm sure that it will be nice and cloudy and in a nice Big Ten Over, atmosphere, overcasty, like where where the sky looks like cement, right? Let's see. Let's jump into the honorable mentions. We'll roll through these really fast. Uh, Thursday night, 6.30 p.m. game, ESPNU. It's a little under the radar, but still a fantastic football game if you are a football purist. App State minus 8.5 at Georgia Southern. These are two really good teams, two 6-1 and one teams. Uh, both teams are 6-1 and one against the spread. They are really, really good. Um, I mean, that's that's all you can say about it. Like, Who are you liking that game? I think I like App State. You like App State minus eight and a half. I do. I like App State minus eight and a half. I do as well. My I got uh, money on that. They, that's ditto. It's not a gambling pick. Not one of my I gambling got, picks. I got money but on it. Yeah. Uh, Friday night, six p.m. ESPN. This would have been a a big game if maybe Wisconsin Northwestern wasn't here, and if maybe this game was on Saturday. Miami minus three and a half at Boston College. Is AJ I'm, I'm, play? Exci- I'm excited about this game, but I, I follow BC a little closer than most people. I like him a lot. I like Mark Rick. I think he's good, but man, I don't know. I, I like BC here, man. I I think I do too. Like in, in the metrics. Uh, and I like the weekday games. The midweek games was just Friday. It still counts. It's not a Saturday game. The home underdog. The home, the home team, even if it's not an underdog, I just like the, the home team usually on these weekday games comes fired up. Yeah, no, you're right. They come out storming. So uh, let's talk about another home team that might come out fired up. Clemson minus 14 at Florida State, 11 a.m. ABC. Florida State has looked a little bit better the past few weeks. Uh, last week, they just boat raced Wake Forest. 
don't know that I expected that, but Wake Forest has kind of fallen apart here. Florida State cannot run the football. No. And, and God bless, if you can't do that, like if your offensive line is just awful at giving up tackles for loss and well, giving Clemson's up sacks. defensive line the best yeah. in the country. Clemson is going to murder somebody. Yep. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. Like, Florida State has talent, and it feels like Willie Taggart is getting that thing rolling a little bit. But They're beating up on little guys. Let's see if they can compete with but, the big boy. But Clemson is yeah. – they, they hit another level after their bye week. They're not Wake Forest. Whew, you got that right. All right, the last uh, three – no, four games. Four. Six P, well, there were a lot of honorable mentions. Uh, 6 p.m. ESPN, Texas A&M at Mississippi State. State is a three-point favorite. Uh, this will be the best run defense that State has played all year. State coming off of a bye or off of a uh, a game against LSU. A and M coming off of a bye. Um, that's in my game of the picks. We'll we'll get to that one later. Eleven a.m. ESPN two Texas Tech at Iowa State. Iowa State's a four and a half point favorite over Texas Tech. Alan Bowman, British comedy legend, will be back, <laughs> as the solid verbal guys would say. Uh, they uh, this should be an interesting game. I think like, Iowa State has looked unbelievable. And now we get to see if Cliff Kingsbury and those guys are for real because if they do it on the road this week at Iowa State, like doing it at a, a flailing TCU team is like one thing. Yep. Doing it at Iowa State, who is hitting their stride, that would be something completely different. Uh, another 11 a.m. game on ESPN, Purdue plus two at Michigan State. After that beatdown, over Ohio State, they are an underdog in East Lansing to a team that just got less than 100 yards of total offense against Michigan. Yeah, but this team uh, can't overreact to what happened the week before. Agreed. You just can't overreact. I will be watching a lot of this game as well. There's a lot of eyes are going to be on this one. Yeah, yeah, they certainly will be. Uh, and I'm a big Brom fan. Finally, last honorable mention game, Notre Dame minus 23.5 at Navy. This game is in San Diego. Late night CBS game, kind of yeah. kind of surprising. I mean, Navy his, Navy's got the TV rights to this one. We talk about this because it's a historic game, but other than that, you know, do you think Notre Dame beats them by twenty three and a half? That's a big number. That's a huge number. There, there is a part of me that thinks no, just kind of not because they can't, but because they won't. That's that's kind of what I. You think that? I mean, is that? I mean, I think they they get up by three touchdowns. I think they'd leave it there. That's, I mean, that's what I think. Well, I mean, I think they try. They just put in some – they pull book. They pull everybody. You know, they just yeah. – so. so, and then if Navy don't, starts don't to get, get any close, Don't get anyone hurt. Basically, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right, that's going to wrap up the college football big game previews for week number nine. College football gambling picks week number nine. Brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They've got six amazing sports books. Need to go check them out over at tunicatravel.com. It's the Horseshoe, Gold Strike, Samstown, Fitz Casino, Hollywood, and First Jackpot Casinos. Like we said, tunicatravel.com. Also, winningcureseverything.com is where you can find all of our picks, all of our previews, podcasts, YouTube. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button for us. Help us out. Last week, Jerry B. from Lubbock, Texas went 9-1. and one. And won the tiebreaker. That's strong. So he got two nights over at Hollywood Casino. He got uh, two free buffets over at Fitz Casino. He'll be joining us from Texas pretty soon. 
Uh, last week I went four and three. Chris, you went two and five. I'm I'm really getting tired of this. You are uh, you are five and let's see, thirteen. Is that right? Yeah, five and thirteen the last three weeks. Got to get out of that schneid. Overall, I'm twenty nine, twenty six and one. You were twenty four, thirty one and one. Uh, we got to get you back close to fifty percent. It's five and sixteen in the last three weeks. Is that right? Five and two and five, two and five, and one and six. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, Ooh. Ooh even worse. Uh, yeah. Man, so twenty four, thirty one, and one overall. Not, uh, not good. If you want to compete against us. Go enter the picks contest over at winningcureseverything.com. It's right up in the top right corner. It says football picks contest. We close that thing down at 10 a.m. Central every Saturday. So go get your picks in. Ten picks against the spread. It's like taking candy from a baby. Yeah, especially lately. Especially lately. Uh, game number one. I'll start us off, all right? Clemson minus 14 at Florida State. Saturday, 11 a.m. ABC. It's in Tallahassee. My numbers have Clemson by 18.4. Florida State covered three of the last four, but... So did Clemson. Uh, after the bye week, Clemson has won at Wake and against NC State by a score of 104 to 10. Florida State, that offensive line is awful. They are terrible. Look, uh, they're only averaging 2.9 yards per carry this year. They're number 91 in the country in sacks given up. Clemson's number three in the country in tackles for loss. They have got 21 sacks on the year. Clemson's defensive line is going to eat. This weekend. Look, 14 points ain't near enough. I got this line early. Uh, the lines this week brought to you by Horseshoe Casino down in Tunica. They've still got it at 14 as of Tuesday morning. I'm telling you that line ain't going to hold for long. I like this up to about 17, 18, and maybe three touchdowns. I mean, I, I think Clemson is going to. We won't get that big, but yeah. I think Clemson's going to destroy this team. So 14 points ain't near enough. Give me uh, Give me Dabo. Give me the fighting Dabos. All right. I don't know why I continue to do this, but for some reason I like this team, even though they look like a disaster every week. But I still like Wake Forest. They're plus two and a half. They're at Louisville. Louisville looks like they have completely quit. Okay? They don't look like they want to be there. I think Petrino knows he's going to get fired, and so he's just coasting his way through, and he's going to take this buyout, and I think he's going to retire. I don't think we're going to see Petrino anymore after this year. Shocking to say, he used to be a pretty good coach at one point in time. I'm taking the two and a half. I'm taking Wake Forest. I think their coach is still fighting for something. I think he's still living and breathing and trying to just be alive. <laughs> and and I think Louisville's dead. And I just I just do. I can understand that. All right. Uh, game number two for me: North Carolina at Virginia. I'm taking the Cavaliers minus nine. Uh, boy, the Who's man. They uh, I've got them by fifteen. My numbers do. Uh, they're six and one against the spread. North Carolina's three and three against the spread. This game Saturday, eleven twenty a.m. It's on the ACC uh, ACC network in uh, and it's in Charlottesville. Uh, North Carolina three and one against the spread against the ACC this season. That will change. North Carolina is not a good football team. A lot of teams overlook them. Virginia is still on the come up, right? They are they are trying to get better and better. They handled Duke by 14 on the road last week. They're coming back home. They got a shot to win this division. Bronco Mendenhall, like he doesn't take anything for granted. They are going to steamroll the Tar Heels this weekend. So take uh, take the Wahoos minus nine. My next play, I'm betting against a team that I think is dead. I'm taking A and M plus three 
at Mississippi State. I think the Mississippi State team's got a lot of problems. Offensively, they cannot figure out who they are, what they are. Um, they continue to want to throw the ball with a guy that can't throw the ball. But defensively, they're really good. They got some guys that play on Sundays. I don't think they play in the secondary, though. And A&M has some of the best receivers in the country. Those guys will play on Sundays. I think A&M is going to be able to move the ball, because not because they run the ball, but because they can throw it on state. That is also one of my picks. I've got A&M plus two and a half. So you caught it at three. I got it at three early. Right, so open. I, I got it at plus two and a half. I think A&M is going to win the game outright. We can call it three um, or two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Either one. Either one. I, I'm just giving them the number I got. So it's Saturday, at 6 p.m. ESPN. It's in Stark Vegas. Uh, look, A&M is number four in the country against the run. They got the best run defense that Mississippi State will have played. Uh, the only teams that have rushed for over 100 yards against them: Alabama got 109, Clemson got 115. Louisiana Monroe got 125 in garbage time. Yeah, like they they won that game 48 to 10, so it didn't even matter. Uh, a and M is like this is a different team under Jimbo Fisher. Correct. They look much better. Mike Elko's defense will completely shut down Mississippi State. Uh, don't look for there to be a whole lot of points here. If you if you really feel good, you might want to take the under. Uh, that's 45 and a half. I I would probably take the under as well, but I definitely sticking with. A&M, plus two and a half, and I like them straight up. Yeah, me too. My next pick, Gary seems to hate. He just doesn't like Charlie Strong, thinks he's a terrible coach, thinks he shouldn't have a job. I think he's a really good coach. <laughs> I have never and, said that about so, Charlie Strong And so, ever. therefore, I will be taking all <laughs> seven and a half points that Houston's going to give to South Florida, and I'll be putting some money on the money line. I'm going with the better coach. I'm going with what I think is the better team. I know Houston is beat up on a lot of mediocre guys. South Florida, their strength of schedule is not real good either. I just think they're a better team. They've done it longer. They're more proven. Give me the the Buffalo. Game number four for me, Iowa plus five and a half at Penn State. Saturday, 2.30 p.m. ESPN. It's in Happy Valley. My numbers have got Penn State by three. So I got a two and a half to three point difference here. Uh, Penn State plays to the level of their competition. Penn State is 1-3 against the spread. Their last four at home against the Big Ten. They are 0-3 so far this year. Uh, Iowa is 3-0 against the spread on the road. Um, Iowa 6-1 against the spread so far this year. Penn State 4-3. This will be the best defense that Penn State has played all year. The best one before was Michigan State. Michigan State held them 17 points, and they got beat, right? Iowa is number five in scoring defense. This will be a low-scoring game. Give me uh, give me the Hawkeyes. Give me Kirk Ferentz. I think they got a chance to win this game outright. I'm going to Boston. It's one of my favorite places in the world. I like BC this week. They're at home dog, catching three points on the Friday night game. Got Miami coming up there. This Miami team has kind of looked good some weeks, looked bad some weeks. Here's the problem with BC that scares me. This is a little scary pick. When their offense is on, they're gonna they're they'll roll, and there's no question they can win this game straight up and beat them pretty handily. If the offense is off, it could get ugly the other way. I'm just hoping it's Friday night game. Boston's gonna be rocking a lot of people in town for the World Series, and uh, and I think they're gonna have their game on. Next game for me, game number five. Kentucky plus seven at Missouri. Saturday at 3 p.m., SEC Network in Columbia, Missouri. 
Kentucky's won three straight against Missouri. My numbers have got Missouri minus three in this game, so I got about a four-point difference there. Uh, Kentucky's number two in the country in scoring defense, only giving up 12.9 points per game. They've got the number 31 passing defense in the country. They've only given up six passing touchdowns. Look, Missouri has not played anybody like this as far as this defense goes. Alabama's good. Alabama held them to 10 points. Kentucky's defense right now is better than Alabama's defense. Yeah. So, look, I, I think Kentucky's got a shot to win outright here, and you're giving me a touchdown? Give me a break here. Get, give me the Wildcats. Let's roll. Plus seven. I also have Kentucky plus seven. <laughs> no. I just – I everything you said, I think they'll be able to run the ball, keep Missouri off the field if that offense gets loose. But, but like you talked about, the Kentucky defense is better than anything – Missouri's faced all year. You are correct about that. Uh, UAB is my uh, my game number six. UAB minus seventeen. A lot of points at UTEP. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, my numbers have UAB minus twenty two point six. So you know how I like analytics. UAB six and one against the spread. UTEP is four and three. They've covered three straight. This game, by the way, Saturday six thirty p.m. ESPN Plus. My my wonderful ESPN Plus streaming uh, in El Paso. UAB is number seven in the country in scoring defense. They only give up 15.1 points per game. UTEP, they uh, they have covered some lines against some teams that can't really play a lot of defense. UTEP is 0-7 on the year. I don't trust them. I don't, it, it doesn't matter that they've covered three straight. Give me UAB. Bill Clark is going to roll this bunch. I got Arizona State plus six and a half at USC. I just feel like this USC team is not good. They are not playing well at all. I don't know that there's a single Pac, uh, other than Oregon State, there might not be a single Pac-12 team that I would lay a touchdown to if I'm USC. I, I just don't know that. I mean, they, they just beat Colorado by like two scores. Yeah, but just cause it, because they covered it, I don't know that that makes you a favorite. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, you don't yeah. lay – just just because the outcome said it happened doesn't mean you make that the, the spread every week. No, you're right. I, I, don't you're right. Know, I don't know that I trust them to be that good. Man, Herm Edwards has Arizona State playing well. They're going to be coached up. They're going to be motivated. They won't get caught sleeping. I think they can go into USC. I think they can win. I you I think I like that pick. I like that, so, uh, especially with JT Daniels. Like he's going to play, but he's he's hurt. Yeah, you don't and know their what backup. You're their backups out. Like you they, could end up with a third string quarterback yeah, for USC. They haven't looked well. No, they haven't. Uh, game number seven for me. My last game. Hawaii at Fresno State. I like Fresno State minus 22 and a half here. It's a big number. Doesn't matter to me. Fresno State is 17 and 3 against the spread in their last two seasons. It's 9.30 p.m. Saturday night, ESPN 2 in Fresno, California. So what you can do here is you can gamble during the day. And if you need a winner at the like later on that night, just roll Fresno, all right? ESPN 2, it's in Fresno, California. Uh Fresno is eleven and zero against teams, or eleven and zero against the spread, with teams uh, with a winning record. Hawaii is one five and one against the spread. Their last seven games, they have played nine straight weeks. This is week number ten in a row with no bye week. Fresno had a bye in week four, so they are still relatively uh, rested and whatnot. It's the best passing defense Hawaii has faced. Uh, the one before that is BYU, who was number thirty nine, and BYU beat them forty nine to twenty three. Fresno is number ten in total defense. Number 13 in passing defense. They are going to smoke the Rainbow Warriors. So I'm going with another home team on a weeknight game. Vatek, 
versus Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has not looked that good this year. They haven't pledged anybody. I, I trust Justin Fuente. I've trusted him so much this year. Sometimes I've made money. Sometimes I've lost. He ain't going to let me down again. Not against Georgia Tech. He's going to have the guys ready to play. It's a home team on one of these weekday games. 6.30 p.m. ESPN on Thursday night. Yep. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of this. Look, I know I haven't done well the last three weeks. I've given you a five and two week. I've given you a six and one week. I mean, you know, I'm not magic. You want to fade me? Fade my ass. I don't care. <laughs> We're coming back. We're coming back. Coming back this week. I like it. I like it. Uh, let's see. We want to recap. Uh, sure. Recap Clemson minus 14 at Florida State. I got Virginia minus nine at home against North Carolina. I got Iowa plus five and a half at Penn State. Kentucky plus seven at Missouri. Texas A&M plus two and a half at Mississippi State. UAB minus 17 at UTEP. And then Fresno State minus 22 and a half at home against Hawaii. Wake Forest plus two and a half at Louisville. A&M plus two and a half at Mississippi State. South Florida plus seven and a half at Houston. BC plus three at home against Miami. Arizona State plus six and a half at USC. UK plus seven at Missouri. And Vitek. Minus three at home against Georgia Tech. I like it. That is going to wrap up our week nine college football gambling picks. As always, we've given you all the information you need to be a winner. Go down to Tunica, put some action on the games that you like. You can find more information on all their sports books over at tunicatravel.com. You can get these picks along with everything else over at winningcureseverything.com. NFL big game previews week number eight. Not a whole lot of good ones this week. Not a whole no. lot at all. Uh, it's brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can find information on, on all six of their sports books over at tunicatravel.com. Go check that thing out. Let's jump right in. We're going to try and make this quick. We ain't going to waste your time because, God, it's some bad games this week. Uh, game number one. Good game. Real good, good game. game. Yeah, re- really good game. Uh, Saints at the Vikings. Vikings are a one-point favorite. The over-under is 52.5. Sunday, 7.20 p.m. on NBC. It's in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, te- I mean, look, I think the Saints are probably one of the four best teams in the league right now. Correct. The Vikings are looking much better. They got three straight wins. Vikings are at home. Uh, the Saints' defense is terrible against the pass. Sure. Vikings can throw the football. Absolutely. Uh, Alan Thielen needs one more game to break the uh, – Adam. Adam Thielen. Adam Thiel- what, uh, what did I say? Alan. Sorry. It's okay. My apologies. No, uh, he needs one more 100-yard game to break the NFL record, right? Yep. You think he gets it this week? Against the Saints? Yeah. Yeah, I think he gets That's, it. I think he does, too. I think he does, too. Um, look, this line opened up as a pick em. It's as close to a pick as you're going to get. It's going to be one, yeah. one, one point one way or another. Uh, both teams are 4-2 and two against the spread. Uh, Minnesota's 4-2-1 and one against the spread. Um, but, man, like this just looks like a completely even game. Like all the stats, just it, it looks completely even. Uh, I like the Saints because they're 9-0 and against the spread in October, the last three years. Like, this is the time of year when good coaching comes out. And, like, I love Mike Zimmer. But I still think they got a few things to work on. I think the Saints are rolling right now. That's right. So This is in my gambling picks. Yeah, same I'm here. I'm excited for same it. Here. So. 
Uh, game number two, Packers at the Rams. The Rams are a nine-point favorite. Nine points over Aaron Rodgers. Good gracious. This is the biggest dog that Aaron Rodgers has ever been. Over-unders 56-and-a-half. It's Sunday, 3.25 p.m. on Fox. It's in Los Angeles, California, in the Coliseum. Uh, the Rams, like, they are just obliterating teams. Uh, but still, that's a lot of points against Aaron Rodgers, isn't it? Yep. How do you feel about this game? It's in my gambling picks. Good gracious sakes, live in the morning. Uh, stats look relatively even for the most part. Uh, Green Bay averages more passing yards. Uh, the Rams average more rushing yards. Uh, both defenses, pretty good. Uh, I mean, Green Bay gives up more rushing yards, but they give up less passing yards. Like it, <laughs> Green Bay gives up more points. Yeah, Green Bay does give up more points. Uh, they are giving up 24.7 no, – I'm sorry, 24.0 points per game. The Rams are giving up 18.3. The Rams are scoring 33.6. That's it. And the Packers are scoring 24.7. That's it. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, Green Bay's 3-2 and two straight up. Uh, well, 3-2-1. and one, And the Rams are 7-0. and oh. I've heard it described when comparing the Rams and the Chiefs this year as the Rams kill you or the Chiefs kill you with just fire and all, like shock and all, just big explosive plays. Yeah. The Rams bleed you to death with a 1,000 paper cuts. They just six yards, nine yards, seven yards. You can't stop them. They they're going to score every possession, every drive. They're never going to punt. They're never going to turn the ball over. But it's not going to be fast. It's going to be slow. It's going to be methodical. And it's going to be painful. Yes. And I kind of like that analogy. This Rams team is really, really good. Yes. Uh, yes, they are. Yes, they are. And the Packers are are a little bit better than I anticipated them being. Mm, uh, not but, not but as not, good as I anticipated them. Being. But not. Not great. Oh, you thought they were going to be better than this? Well, no, but I I guess you're right. I didn't think they were going to be. Well, I didn't think they were going to be good to begin with. So I, they're, they're about what you expected. Yeah, they're about what I expected, I guess. I don't okay. know. Uh, Raven, the, the game number three, Ravens minus one at the Panthers. Now, these are the three best games. We're stretching here, but okay. Yeah, Ravens these are, these at are, the Panthers. I guess these are good teams. Yeah, this uh, is a we, pretty yeah, – it's good. It's good. I'm right. You're right. Panthers are a home underdog. Right. Uh, Over-unders 43 and a half. Sunday, 12 p.m., CBS in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Baltimore, last week, a missed extra point away from going to overtime with the Saints. They've looked good. Their defense is awesome. They're only giving up 14.4 points per game. Uh, I mean, I mean these, these two teams look really similar. They look very, very similar. I mean, the Panthers similar. give up way more passing yards per game. Correct. They, they give up 260 passing yards per game at 7.3 yards per attempt. Uh, Baltimore gives up 190 and only 5.5 yards per attempt. So that's where you could get caught is like Joe Flacco could end up having, you know. A big game. He could have a big game. He's got some receivers. Yeah. I mean, John Brown is playing out of this world. And that's that's why the Ravens are, you know, the slightest of favorites on the road. Correct. This any game of picks? No, no. I, I stayed away from this one too. Stayed away from it. If I had to, man, I don't know. If I had to bet, I'd bet on the Panthers. I think, man, I think I mean I'd a take, home dog. I think I'd just take the home team. Yeah, but home dog. That's hard to do. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, let's talk about some honorable mention games. Not not great, but Qu- worthy quick, of quickly. Uh, Thursday, seven twenty p.m. on Fox. Dolphins at the Texans. Texans are a seven and a half point favorite. Over-unders 45-and-a-half. That line just feels absurd. The Texans should not be 7-and-a-half-point favorites over anybody. You agree with that? No one. Uh, Even if Brock Osweiler is the quarterback for the opposing team. 
Sunday morning, 8.30 a.m. on the NFL Network from London, England. The Eagles minus 3.5 versus the Jaguars. Over-under 41. The Jags look like a dumpster fire right now. Um, I, this is in my gambling picks. Okay. So, you got anything to say about this one? No. No. <laughs> I am interested to see the Eagles and see how they rebound because they – I mean, they dumped a 17-point lead away at home in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That just – you don't do that in the NFL. No, it's That's, that's it's a weird. college move. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Uh, let's see. Browns at the Steelers. Steelers minus 7.5, over-unders 50.5. Sunday noon I CBS game. I saw this line game. at 9 this afternoon. It's jumped up that much? I saw this line at 9. Good gracious! You keep, you keep yeah, talking. Yeah, on here this one says eight. Golly, that many people are are on the Steelers now. You keep you keep talking. People do not like the Browns right now for some no, reason. They shouldn't. Uh, Hugh Jackson's. A, although, I mean, look, the the Browns are two, four, and one. This straight up nine and a half. Good lord, um, the Browns are are two, four, and one straight up, but they're five and two against the spread. Uh, they're plus ten in turnover margin, which is insane for a team that's only won two ball games. Uh, their defense looks okay. They're only giving up 4.5 rushing yards per attempt. They're only giving up 6.6 passing yards per attempt. They can't like, be five and two. They've got at least two pushes. This is uh, this one says five and two against the spread. Uh, last week was a push. It was a three point line everywhere. Oh no no no! It uh, uh, it closed at three and a half. Yeah, All it right. closed at three and a half. It was three okay. everywhere throughout the week. But this rolls off of uh, this is over at StatFox.com. So they okay. just they roll on that. Um, either way, like they're they're not terrible against the spread. No. It's just that they are losing games in like the most ridiculous ways possible. Nine and a half points too much. If it keeps going up, it keeps getting bigger. Yeah, I'm gonna like that line. They'll they'll play the Steelers close. Yeah, they're gonna play them close. They always do. That's what they do? I mean, they they got talent on the team. You are of the opinion that Hugh Jackson needs to be gone, right? Correct. We yeah. are a coach away from being decent. Yeah, it is the coach on staff. Well, no, but I mean, well, I mean, I, he's I better than you, Hugh. You had talked about Todd Haley. I didn't know. Well, if maybe... Todd Haley, no, he won't be the coach of the future. He's he'll be the interim coach. He'll be the guy that once Hugh is finally fired. You don't think Jimmy Haslam would hire? Uh, I mean, it depends on how he finishes. I, the guy that I think they need to hire is coaching in college right now. So uh, you can't just give that as a tease. Who? Who? I think Baker's old coach. Every you think Lincoln not, Riley? Yeah, nine different NFL franchises have came out and admitted that they have called Lincoln Riley for consultation on their offense. The NFL is nine? going nine different NFL offenses have done that. Um, whoever gave that stat out has not released the names of the nine, but they have nine people that have confirmed they have talked to Lincoln Riley up in the off season about their offense. Wow. Because that is the the direction the NFL is going offensively, is creative play calling. I would absolutely call Lincoln, and I would say, come on, I got a lot more money. Let's go. Yeah. Come coach the big boys. You get Baker back. Let's, uh, let's go over the last two honorable mentions. Seahawks at the Lions, minus two and a half. Uh, Detroit. Sneaky, sneaky chance to be a good game. Yeah, sneaky chance to be a good game for sure, and that's why it's an honorable mention. Uh, Over-unders 49, Sunday noon on Fox. Um Look, it, it's two teams that look very similar. Seattle's defense is not bad this year. They're only giving up 19.5 points uh, uh, per game. Um, you know, I mean, the the rushing yards, like both teams are giving up crazy rushing yards. Uh, Seattle's giving up 120 a game, 4.7. The, line, the lines are rushing. 
really uh, well. Yeah, the Lions are are really like they're averaging almost five yards a carry now. Man, carry on, carry Johnson. on Johnson, brother. Like, Auburn you, is missing him. Uh, well, yeah, Auburn cannot run the ball to <laughs> save their all. lives, and Detroit now has had a hundred yard rusher like two of the last three weeks. When they when they went umpteen years without having a hundred yard rusher, a hundred yard rusher. Yeah, and carry on is. Something else, man. Look, I understand Legarrette Blunt down in the uh, down in the red zone. That's like, fine. That's, that's fine. fine. But everybody's is, got a place. Carry on, Johnson is awesome. He's really good. And finally, last game Monday night, seven fifteen p.m. ESPN. Your Patriots minus thirteen and a half at the Bills. Over unders forty four and a half. Is thirteen and a half enough points? Not even close. And the, the the fact that this is a Monday night game is just rough. It really is rough. I mean, those guys are going to have a hard time filling three hours of football plus the two hours of pregame that you're going to get for this. Now, maybe my arrogance is just going to fall all over myself and the Patriots do something stupid, but, man, I just can't see that happening. The, the most entertaining thing about this is Bill Belichick will go into the pregame like meetings or whatever and he's going to talk about Derek Anderson like he is Joe Montana. And he's going to make sure that everyone knows that this is the greatest quarterback they have. Because what he does every week. He, the, the team that they are playing is the best team in the country, and the Patriots have to fight and claw with their fingernails to figure out how to beat them. And, and maybe that's why they win all the time, even though they don't have the most talented rosters, because he prepares that way. It's every kinda, week. It's kind of laughable when you hear him talk about some of these other players, though. Yeah, uh, Buffalo averages two hundred and thirty-three yards per game. Not good. They're just not uh, good at football. No, they uh, they average eleven point six points per game. They give up twenty-five points per game. Uh, they actually give up less points per game than uh, the New England does. Well, no, their defense is real. Yeah. No, if they could if they could score at all, they would actually be a competent football team. They would be in that middle mesh of are these teams good? Are they not? I do agree with that. So. Um, it could. Uh, do you think the Pats could hit the forty-four and a half themselves for the over/under? I I don't I don't know I doubt that. I the, think this the Bills' a, defense is pretty no, good. This is a divisional game. They're going to just try to get out of there with a win. That is Bills' mantra: is just get out with a W. He doesn't care how you do it. Would you take the over/under over forty-four? Mm, no. I don't think I would either. No. I don't think I would either. It would not shock me if the Bills don't score. Every week the Bills play. I mean, this past week they played the Colts, who have a terrible defense. They gave up. They scored five. They scored five as a five baseball points. score. Yeah. They yeah, got, it is. They got five. No, no, no. They're not, they might not score. So I can't lay 44 when I don't know that the Patriots will do that. Okay, I'd probably take the under. All right, either way, you can get our picks over at winningcureseverything.com. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button on the podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, as always, we're giving you what you need to know to be a winner. Go put some action down on your favorite games down in Tunica. You can find information on all six of their sports books over at tunicatravel.com. That's going to wrap up our NFL big game previews for week number eight. NFL week eight gambling picks. Brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six awesome sports books down there. The Horseshoe, Gold Strike, Samstown, Fitz, Hollywood, and First Jackpot. You can find more information on those over at tunicatravel.com. You can find our picks, our podcasts, our previews, 
everything you need to over at winningcureseverything.com. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button for us. If you're on the podcast, hit that subscribe button as well. Let's run this thing. Uh, you know what? Let me tell this first. Enter our contest, our picks contest. Yep. Over at winningcureseverything.com. There's a big thing up in the top right corner over that site. It says uh, football picks contest. Last week, Jerry B. from Lubbock, Texas went 9-1. and one. He's getting two free nights at Hollywood Casino. He's getting two free buffets over Fitz Casino. That's what I'm talking about. He did much better than I did last week. I went 1-4 and four last week. You went 3-1-1. One one. I'll take it. I'm 15-19-1 in NFL this year. You are 18-14-3. We are the exact opposite. I'm doing good in college. I'm doing putrid in college. You are doing great in the NFL. I'm doing putrid in the NFL. Yeah. I got to get things righted this week. I'm feeling good. I'm going to give you game number one, right? Game number one. The Houston Texans are a bad football team. It's Thursday night game, right? This is Thursday night football. They're not good. Their quarterback cannot get on a plane. No, he doesn't have to. This is at home. The Miami Dolphins have been been pretty good this week, this yeah, pretty, year. Pretty good. <clears throat> I, I know that Brock Osweiler is not a good quarterback, but I think Brock Osweiler's got some some revenge, some comeuppance coming to Houston for how they played him there. Now, they paid him a lot of money, but they were dumb enough to do it. They embarrassed him. The Dolphins are playing well, even with him. I don't think the Houston Texans should be a 7.5-point favorite to anybody in the league. I, I think I like that pick. Uh, I've got the Eagles minus three and a half against the Jaguars. This is the 8.30 a.m. game NFL Network over at Wembley Stadium in London. Uh, the Eagles, bad loss last week. Gave up 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Good gracious sakes, alive in the morning. I think they get the ship righted. When you see a dumpster fire, you bet against it. The Jaguars are absolutely a dumpster fire. They can't figure out what to do. It. If it's Blake Bortles or Cody Kessler, either one, I like this Eagles defense against them. This is their get-right game. Three and a half is not near enough points. You see a lot of blowout games in London, and last week was not a blowout game. I like my chances this week. I think the Eagles are going to steamroll these guys. I like that pick. Pick number two, the best game of the weekend. New Orleans Saints plus one at the Vikings. That's what I got. I think it's going to be close. I think they're going to go back and forth. I do like this Vikings team, but, man, I think the Saints are rolling. I think they've they've got everything to win and nothing to lose. I think they've got something to prove in this game because of what happened last year in the playoffs. I think they're going to be more fired up and pissed off about it than the Vikings are. This Vikings defense has not been great. And, nope. and the Saints are going to score and score and score again. I uh, I agree here. I, I've got the exact same game. Saints okay. plus one at the Vikings. Uh, I mean, obviously, one point. I like them to win the yeah, game. Yeah, I like them to win the game. Uh, this, the Saints are 9-0 and against the spread in October the last three years. October is the time where good coaches get it rolling, get things turned around. I like the Saints again here. Uh, their pass defense, I mean, obviously, they just traded for Eli Apple. I don't know that he plays this weekend, but I don't think it matters. Uh, their offense is clicking. Well, they're going to give up points. Yeah, they're going to give up points. But I, I think that they, I think Drew Brees is seeing the field differently than any other quarterback in the league right now. I think every pass is wide open to him right now. Oh yeah. No, we, we talked earlier in the earlier segment. Gurley or Mahomes for MVP. Drew Brees is right there with him. 
I, but he's he's yeah. absolutely right there with them. So I like it. All right. So Saints plus one. Uh, what's your game number three? Game number three. I, I'm just gonna bet against the Raiders every week from here on out until they cover a game. <laughs> Give me the Colts minus three. That's it. They're at Oakland. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Raiders are 76er in it. They're just full on tank mode. Chucky, he's just playing for next year. That so you you got the line at three. Got it at three. Uh, What'd lines, you get it at? This I got it at one and a half yesterday morning. I take it at one and a half. So absolutely, I knew it was going to move, and I knew it was going to move a lot. The lines this week brought to you by Horseshoe Casino down in Tunica. Uh, go down, get you a sheet. Da, 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 da. This week, uh, the Colts, yeah, see, the Colts are minus one and a half as of Tuesday morning, uh, and that's down at the Horseshoe. Obviously, the lines will go change. Up. Go up to your attendant. Make sure you got the latest lines whenever you're putting your bet down. Uh, but, yeah, I'm Colts. Going, I'm going to Horseshoe when we leave here. <laughs> one and a half. Yeah, one and a half for the Colts. Look, I'll take the Colts at three. I'll take them at four or five. Uh, I think they're going to kick their ass. Yeah, I think they're I mean, going to. The, the Raiders are absolutely giving up on this year. They traded Amari Cooper. Uh, obviously, Cooper wasn't doing great there, so I don't know how much of a difference this makes. But I think it says something to the players there that, hey, we don't really care about this season, so maybe you shouldn't either. Um, I like the Colts here. I think they're fighting for something. I think they, they believe they could still win this division. Yeah. What uh, what you got for game number – Oh no 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 yeah that was that was mine that uh, was yours yeah so you got the Colts so I got the Colts minus Sorry. one and a half thought you were just saying you liked no my no, no I, that was one of my games bet. I got the Bears minus seven against the Jets they're at home against the Jets Sam Darnold was turning the ball over and over and over and over again <laughs> and this Bears defense is good I mean they got a couple of picks off of Tom and and I think Mac is going to be healthier this week than he was against the Patriots. Uh, he still played, but he didn't play a lot of snaps. Man, if he if he's full strength and and that secondary can get kind of get after Darnold, I think this can get ugly in a hurry. Give me the Bears at home. I like it. I like it. Uh, game number four for me. Got the Broncos at the Chiefs. I know it's a big line. Chiefs minus ten. The Chiefs are seven and zero against the spread so far this year. Uh, it's twelve p.m. CBS. It's in Arrowhead. Look. This Chiefs team, until I see somebody stop them, I, I'm just going to keep rolling with them every week. They are 7-0 against the spread, like we said. Uh, the Broncos had a big win last week, 45-10. to I understand the confidence can make you play a little bit better. I think as soon as they get hit in the mouth this week, they're going to be in trouble. Chad Kelly just got arrested. God, they ain't, they ain't got their back up anymore because uh, I, I don't see any way that he ends up playing this weekend. No, they had not played him yet. They're not going to start now. No. And, and Case Keenum is uh, – not great not great and i don't see this chiefs team giving up two pick sixes the way that uh that the cardinals did the other night Whew, yeah i know it's a big line but i like the chiefs minus 10 here my last game on pick aaron Rodgers has never been this big of a dog he is laying nine points catching nine points against the rams you know what it ain't enough it ain't enough <laughs> this la team is great this Packers team is mediocre. Without Aaron Rodgers, they would be putrid. Okay? Yeah. I'm betting the Rams at home against this Packers team. They're not going to show up. They're going to get dust rolled. Gurley is going to run all over them. Every possession, they're going to score. Every stinking one. Good gracious. I don't know, man. Hard to, hard to come back on somebody the way Aaron Rodgers does sometimes when the other team just never stops scoring. 
That's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. Last game for me, the Seattle Seahawks at the Detroit Lions. I got the Lions minus two and a half. The Lions are five and one against the spread so far this year. They are playing good. This is an under radar or under the radar team. My boy Matt Patricia. He he's figuring that's this team my guy. out. It it took him a little while, but he's figuring him out. It's twelve PM on Fox, Ford Field in Detroit. Uh this team is is looking a lot better and Seattle plays awful away from home. Yep. Uh I, I love I love the Lions here, especially the fact that I'm getting them at less than a field goal. Correct. Uh, 100%. Let's roll with the Lions. All right, let's do, uh, let's do our recap real quick. Uh, Eagles minus 3.5 against the Jags for me. Uh, the Chiefs minus 10 at home against the Broncos. Lions minus 2.5 at home against the Seahawks. The Colts minus 1.5 at the Raiders. And the Saints plus 1 at the Vikings. I got the Dolphins plus 7.5. I got the Saints plus 1. I got the Colts. Minus, I'm taking the one and a half at Horseshoe because that's where I'm going to make this bet. <laughs> I'm taking the Bears minus seven, and I'm taking the Rams minus nine. Absolutely. That's going to wrap up our NFL Week 8 gambling picks. As always, we've given you what you need to know to go be a winner. Go put some action down at Tunica. Pick your favorite games. Put some lines down. Do that thing. You can find more information on their sports books over at tunicatravel.com. You can get our picks, our previews, all of our YouTube videos, our podcasts, everything else over at winningcureseverything.com. I think that's going to do it. Put some money down. Put some money we, we down. We frown on putting lines down. You, you got that right. You got that right. <laughs> it's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551 226 9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551 226 9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and Le Bonheur's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.